Before I preach, I just want to remind you again that this, starting this Thursday night, uh, 7 o'clock on Zoom from 7 to 8, Don Ashburn and I will be leading a class called on the book Vanishing Grace. We'd love to have you join us. Uh, also, I want to extend a special invitation to those of you who have joined us digitally over the last number of months. We'd love to have you as well. So today we continue our march through the book of Philippians. We're coming to the end. A couple weeks left. We're in chapter 4, uh, verses 8 through 9. And as I said last week, here toward the end, toward the end of the book, Paul begins giving these what seem like random exhortations, but really in many ways are connected. So let me read our scripture today and then we'll jump in. Just two verses, verses 8 and 9. Listen to the word of God. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for this wonderful book, uh, and we thank you that even though it was written to a group of people in a place much different than ours, in a time much different than ours, we thank you that it still speaks to us today. And we pray that our ears and our hearts and our minds would be open to you speaking through this word today. Help us to take it in and to apply it into our lives and to experience the transformation that you hope for us. And we pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen. You know, the human brain is amazing. Did you know that that little three-pound machine uh, in your head can store as much information as the Library of Congress? Now think about that. 17 million volumes. Pretty amazing. Psychologists, scientists tell us that each day we have about 10,000 thoughts pass through our brains. We get all kinds of information that we store in there. All kinds of information. Like I can remember very clearly the day I proposed to my wife and the exact words that I used as we were having a picnic on Mount Tamalpais. I remember them because they're really not very good. I said, hey, I've really enjoyed hanging out with you these last few months. Do you want to do it for the rest of our lives? Pretty pathetic, right? That was it. I remember the day I was at the Fabulous Forum in Los Angeles being a lifelong Laker fan and seeing the Lakers defeated by the Celtics time after time after time after time after time in Game 7s. I remember the game when I was at the Forum and saw them beat the Celtics for the first time to win the NBA championship against them. I have all kinds of things stored in my head. I have memorized Psalm 23. At one point, I memorized the entire Sermon on the Mount, three chapters in the Gospel of Matthew. So I have good things stored away in there. I also know and have memorized most of the words to Wasting Away in Margaritaville. Not by choice so much, but it just seeped in there. Here's the important part. 
point I want to make. We are storing up in our brains every day all kinds of information. Many, many, many little bits of information. Good, bad, false, true, positive, destructive, negative, fear-producing, or faith-building. Now, here's what scientists also tell us as they learn about the brain. What you think will have a tremendous effect on your life. It will affect your attitudes, your emotions, your behaviors, your health. What you think about can even determine how long you live. Here is the main point I want to get across today. What you think about, what you fill your mind with, will determine your actions and ultimately your, your character. It will shape who you are to become as a person. Now, scientists tell us these things, but even more importantly, the Word of God tells us this. In the book of Proverbs, it says this, As a man or a woman thinketh, he or she is. That's why our words from Philippians today are some of the important that we will look at in this entire book. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy. Think about such things. You know, I have thought about these verses many times over the years, and I always picture Paul in prison. Remember, he is in prison as he pens this letter. And I have read a number of accounts about POWs or other prisoners who have described how they survived their time in prison. Always say, these folks say, that the most difficult battle to win, win is the battle of the mind. You have lots of time to think. Lots of time to get discouraged. And these folks said you have to train your mind to think good things to remain strong, to lose the mind game, almost all of them say, is to lose the game, period. So Paul knew, in a very real way, the importance of our thought life, what we choose to think about. And as, as we consider a, a, the key to rising above our circumstances, how Paul was able to remain unshakable in good times and bad times. This may be one of the most important truths to realize. So much of the rising above the stuff that life throws at us has to do with what we think, has to do with what we fill our brains with. For many years, I had a quote when I was a youth pastor, especially I had a quote on my desk written on a card and framed and this is what it said. It said, the longer I live, the more I realize the impact of attitude on life. Attitude to me is more important than facts. It is more important than the past, than education, than money, than circumstances, than failures, than successes, than what other people think or say or do. It is more important than appearance, giftedness, or skill. 
It will make or break a company, a church, a home. The remarkable thing, this author continues, is we have a choice every day regarding the attitude we will embrace for that day. We cannot change our past. We cannot change the fact that people act in a certain way. We cannot change the inevitable. The only thing we can do is play on the one string we have, and that is our attitude. I am convinced that life is 10% what happens to me and 90% how I react to it. And so it is with you. We are in charge of our attitudes. And I would say we are in charge of what we put in our head. It's very interesting that two exact things can happen to two different people and you get two totally different results. So you understand why Paul says, think about good things. We choose what we dwell on. At least that is what Paul is getting at. Be intentional. Think about what you're thinking about, he says. Be proactive. It's not enough just to drift, not enough to just let things come at us and make their home in our brain. No, Paul says, fill or dwell on good things. Way to translate that verb think is to say to think carefully or thoughtfully about something. You know, last week we looked at that Greek word Mary Manao in terms of worry. This idea that Mary Manao means we think about something over and over and over again. We, we perseverate, we worry about something. Well, I think what Paul is saying here is almost exactly the opposite. He's saying dwell on something, but dwell on something that is good. Dwell, meditate on good things. And as you do that, here's what happens. You know, scientists are learning so much about the brain today. It's it's fascinating. I remember seeing uh, an interview with, I think he was a general who was in charge of treating brain injuries from the Persian Gulf Wars, which is the injury for those wars. And he said, we have so much to learn about the brain we know really very, very little. But here's what we do know. We create patterns in our brains by what we think about. We, in other words, we kind of train our brains. And when your thoughts have been running, we, we create patterns. When your thoughts have been running in a certain pattern for a long t- period of time, it's as though you dig a deeper and deeper a riverbed of sorts. And the water can only flow in one direction. You know, if we habitually think about negative thinking day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, imagine what that does in terms of carving this riverbed in your brain. With every pessimistic thought, we dig that riverbed a bit deeper. That's what scientists tell us. And that flow of water accelerates, growing stronger as it goes. And after a period of time, after especially years of thinking these negative thoughts, every thought that comes out of that river is negative, and that's the only way the water is flowing. We've programmed our brain in that way. We've created patterns. We have formed riverbeds. 
Now, fortunately, and the good news is, we can dig a new river bed in our head. We can uh, create a new pattern. We can help the water flow in a different direction, a positive direction. And the way we do that, interestingly enough, is we do it one thought at a time. And when you dwell on good things, like Paul is talking about here, the beauty and truth and excellence, things that are praiseworthy, you know what? Little by little, day by day, situation by situation, thought by thought, we are redirecting that flow of the river. And at first, it could just be a little water that we redirect into that new riverbed. But as we continue to do that, we redirect the flow. And as we choose faith, instead of fear and good things, instead of destructive things, we take control of our thought life. And little by little, that negative stream will dry up and the positive river will flow with much greater force. And in that, your life is changed. Now, why don't we do this? Well, it's hard work. Extremely hard work. And maybe like being negative, we don't want to get better. One thing about the old river bread, as is true in so much of life, it's familiar and we're comfortable with it. So Paul says, don't think about those things. Think about good things. Eugene Peterson in the paraphrase, the message, which is a wonderful paraphrase of the Bible, he says, Summing it all up, my friends, I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true and noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious. The best, not the worst. The beautiful, not the ugly. Things to praise, not things to curse. And this can have a powerful effect on our lives. By the way, Paul makes a connection in these verses too between good thinking and good action. Right at the end, he says, boy, what you've heard from me and learned from me, seen in me, put into practice. So he's saying these good thoughts that we have, we just don't have good thoughts, but then we put them into action. And our lives are transformed. Doing this, I think, will help you rise above circumstances. One of the keys we see in this book You know, one of the best things to fill your mind with is Scripture. The Bible talks about this a lot. For example, in Psalm 1, the psalmist uh, describes two ways, two paths to take in life, a path toward life and a path toward death. And he writes this. He says, Blessed are those who do not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but who delight in the law of the Lord, the Scripture, and meditate on his law, Scripture, day and night. Now, what's the result of this? This is what he says. He uses a metaphor. They are like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither, Whatever they do prospers. It's a beautiful metaphor. Palestine is very much like California in terms of weather. All the rain comes in a few months. 
in the winter and early spring, and then you have this long dry period, just like us. So riverbeds, many of them, dry up. And in order for a tree to be healthy, it has to put its roots down deeper than just surface water. It has to go into underground water, put its roots down deep, and because of this, it survives. It even thrives during the trials, during the tough times, during the dry seasons. Why? Because the person who does this has meditated on Scripture, has filled his or her mind with good, noble, positive things. In other words, when we memorize Scripture, which is such a good thing to do, it, it forms riverbeds new patterns in our brains. Now, I think over the years, many of us have gotten away from memorizing Scripture, but maybe one of the most powerful ways to transform our lives. Romans 12 says this, it says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world. J.B. Phillips, in his translation, says, Do not let the world squeeze you into its mold, but rather... Be transformed by what? By the renewing of your mind. You know, today, to close, I want to try something very practical. I want to show you how memorizing Scripture can change your life. Think about it. It, it, Think of some example in your life where you struggle with feeling defeated, um, can't overcome some obstacle in your life. And an old tape begins to play. You know what I'm talking about? Those voices not literal voices, but those voices that we hear in our lives, perhaps from very early on in childhood, that you're not good enough, you're not smart enough. You've always been a failure. Why even try? You'll just fail again, these tapes that play. Do you see what's happened? Happening when we go through something like this, these old riverbeds, these old patterns have all this negative water rushing through them, and it's even roaring and you're defeated before you even begin. Now, it's not enough to just think positive thoughts or to, not, or to try to think, not think those thoughts. You've got to create something new, and this is what Paul is saying. He says, don't just think about things, bad things, but put good things in your brain. So Scripture can be that. Let's memorize a verse that we're going to take a look at next week and see how this works. Philippians 4.13, many of you know it. I can do all things. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Let's memorize this right now. If you don't know it, it's right there on the screen. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, if someone's with you this morning, turn to that person and say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If you're alone, look at me. Tell me, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now have the other person say it, and I'll say it to you who are alone. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And as we say that, you know what? We create new patterns. Thoughts begin to flow. And then these other thoughts come in. Those voices from the cellars come comes up through the floorboards. You're so weak. You can't do anything. Now, what do you say? Well, maybe I am weak, but you know what? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 
and another tape, but you failed so many times. What makes you think the results are going to be any different this time? Well, the results are going to be different because I'm not doing it alone. But I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. No, you can't do it. You're a loser. You're a failure. No, I'm not. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me because it's not just my power. There's power greater than me from outside of me, the living Christ who was raised from the dead. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead, it says in Ephesians, is available to us as believers. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Christ walks alongside of me. Christ is in me. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. New patterns. Take a thought, a verse, a day. Do that every day. Can create new riverbeds. Can change you from the inside out. Can change your attitude, your emotion, your actions, your behavior. And ultimately, it will change your character. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. God, we thank you that uh, we are not alone, that you are always with us, that you walk alongside us, that you empower us to be new people, to think new things, good things. We thank you that Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. Lord, help us to empower us to think new things, good things, and in turn change our actions, our behavior, our very character, to be transformed by the power of your Spirit. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.